grab your mashed potatoes because this means something. This is important that you are listening to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, distinctions, scanning for closing counters of the third kind, 1977. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome, rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 153, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover. And if you if you end up loving the show and want to see it thrive, you can become a reflux capacitor, making our time travel possible alongside our patrons, Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, Peter Panda, The Feeling Film Podcast, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, and three other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all for supporting us on Patreon. I am Francisco Ruiz, your captain of the pod, and sailing with me as always is your XO, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers. Do you have a $2,500 globe I can use, Paul? <laughs> yeah, googleearth.com. Hey, you can PayPal me. <laughs> okay, XO. Uh, how about you tell me who's rewinding with us for Close Encounters of the Third Kind? All right, this time we'll be joining by our friend and chief engineer, Mama of the Pod, Danae <laughs> Berg. Welcome back aboard, Danae. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, Danae. So glad to have you back. Uh, and actually, Danae, I looked. You have one more time on the show before you make Officer. Oh, sweet. Whoa. Yeah. So Travis close. is so going to be jealous. <laughs> he has no chance of trying to win. <laughs> no. Oh, you have to stay home with the baby, Travis. Sorry. I, <laughs> yeah. I got to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Danae. Uh, looking forward to hearing from both of you later and also finding out how we each answer this movie's trivial question, which is... Close Encounters of the Third Kind is shown every night at the Devil's Tower Campground of America campground, thereby making it one of the most screened movies ever. Wow. If you owned a two-screen theater, but your projector system was broken in one screen so that it would only ever play the same movie over and over again, what movie would you want it to be? So we will be each answering that question as the show progresses. But for now, XO, here's the course for this episode. First, our roundtable discussion will consist of the trailer, synopsis, production details for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, then we'll discuss the things we liked and disliked about the movie. We'll follow that up with our final reign of classic, nostalgic, or tragic, and then come back to our own time with feedback and announcements. Got that, XO? Course laid in, Alice. Rewind when ready. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. of the third kind begins in an Indiana town and leads to one inescapable conclusion. We are not alone. A Columbia Pictures presentation. Now playing at a theater near you. We are not alone, though you might not know it because I'll have to pump up that volume. My goodness. (laughs) So it wasn't just me. 80s TV (laughs) spots. Anyway, here's what we remembered, not about the TV spot, but about the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. 
A close encounter, possibly of the third kind, with an alien ship sends the guy from Jaws on his research for me. <laughs> Young Dr. Leo Marvin <laughs> begins obsessing over UFOs. Mr. Holland then leaves his wife and kids to track UFOs and hooks up with another chick who is obsessed with UFOs. <laughs> Though I wouldn't say he really looked went to look for meanings so much. So well, and she that chick wasn't obsessed with you as UFOs. She was just trying to find her son. Good point. We were. Uh, but that's okay. You can't always get the technical details of these movies accurate by our memories. Uh, Dr. Leo Marvin! Oh <laughs> Dr. Leo I don't think Marvin! he's here, Paul. Why don't you uh, compose some music, technically speaking, and give it to Mr. Holland, and then have him play the technical details for Close Encounters? I'd rather have John Williams do it. That anyway, Close Encounters. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind is rated PG, runs two hours and 18 minutes, depending on which version you saw. True. True. And it was released <laughs> December 14th, uh, 1977 in the U.S. of A, possibly worldwide. It was directed by um, some unknown guy, uh, Spielberg, something like Senor that. Senor Spielbergo? Yeah, uh, almost. He, <laughs> and it stars Richard Dreyfus, Terry Garr, and a few others you may or may not recognize. Yeah, for instance, uh, Steven Spielberg directed Close Encounters, of course, as well as E.T., which we covered on RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 69. Sigh was a bit slighted there. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, Paul. And uh, Jaws, which we covered uh, also with Danae in slash 103. Richard Dreyfus played Roy Neary in Close Encounters and also was in What About Bob, Dr. Leo Marvin, uh, as Dr. Leo Marvin, which we covered in slash 88, and also Jaws, uh, which we covered in slash 103. Terry Garr was in the role of Ronnie Neary and was Helen Swanson, which I've forgotten about, in Dumb and Dumber, which we covered in Slash 50, oh, and Inga in Young Frankenstein, which we covered in Slash 99. Also, um, Melinda Dillon played Jillian Goulier and was sure. also the woman with balloon in the Muppet movie, apparently. It's cool. <laughs> a good credit. <laughs> well, yeah. She was uncredited for it. Oh. But it's on IMDb, so it must be true. <laughs> that was slash 41. Lance Henriksen, which uh, was Robert, just Robert. And I only noticed him at the like one of the very last scenes. But uh, he was also Detective Hal Vukovic, Vukovic, whatever. Sure. He, he was killed in the Terminator slash 89. Uh, he <laughs> played the king in Super Mario Brothers, the movie slash six. And was Kerchak, the voice of Tarzan's gorilla father in Tarzan, uh, slash 131. The animated movie? The animated movie, yes. Finally, Carl Weathers was a military policeman, as well as playing Dylan, you, uh, I won't finish the line, in Predator, slash 96. He's a really Um, obscure character. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You really dug for this. (laughs) Well, I saw Carl Weathers, and I'm like, what? It's, it's Dylan. Got, it's got to be because this movie is so old. It's Maybe. Just like, it's like the start of all their careers. Yeah, <laughs> pretty like, yeah. much, pretty much. Okay, well, so those were the people that were in the movie. 
Uh, Paul, any other technical details? Like how did this movie do at the box office? Things like that. Sure. The budget of this film was about $20 million and went on to gross over $300 million. My gosh. All right. So speaking of box office, let's look at the U.S. uh, box office of just sci-fi adventure movies. This is an adventure movie? I guess in a way. Sci-fi slash adventure. Yeah, that's what it's categorized as. So uh, out of this ranges from 1 to 94... And don't forget, this includes movies like uh, Flight of the Navigator and uh, uh, Tron, like we've covered. Where do you think this lies in the U.S. box office? What number? Hmm. Where do you think, Danae? What was the range? One to 94. That's a random number. Um, yeah. Hmm. Come on, Hollywood. Make an even hundred Five. sci-fi adventure movies. Five. Five. Wow. Well, I would think with Star Wars in there somewhere. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. Well, he only gave Flight of the Navigator as the example, so. I, well, obvious. Okay, there's all the Star Wars, all the Star oh. Treks. All the, oh. Well, that's going to change it. Too late. You said five. Uh-huh. I get to <laughs> win like, this time. On the scale of Flight of the Navigator, five. <laughs> <laughs> on the scale of- <laughs> I'm going to say uh, 20 for me. 20. All right. The answer is uh, 34, so obviously Francisco wins. <laughs> yes. But num- number My 33 just surpassed this year, uh, came out this year. Do you want to take a wild guess which one that was? Wait, number 33? Yeah. Uh, uh, just came out this year. Star you, Wars, is, Last Jedi. Oh, wait, that was last, last year. Last year. Is Juman- well, not Solo, I think. But is Jumanji a That's, that's last year. Oh, Jumanji was last year? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Ready Player One? Yes. Good job. Oh, Ready nice. <laughs> very good. Very good. Okay. That's some good trivia, Paul. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, now, actually, before we get into the movie proper and talking about what we liked and disliked after we rewatched it, let's talk about, let's give our predictions for what we thought it would be. Uh, I'll oh, start yeah. us off. I thought that the Close Encounters, having never seen it before, this is another movie that I've never seen before. I thought it would be a nostalgic movie. How about you, Danae? I thought it would be a classic movie. Classic. Okay. And Paul? Tragic. I remember this movie being boring. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we're all over the board here. uh, And let's see if those ratings pan out. Uh, And first, let's talk about the things that would hopefully make this movie a classic, the things we liked about it. Uh, Danae, let's start with you. What's one thing you really liked about... Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a.k.a. I will probably just say Close Encounters from now on. Good call. It's also the biggest part on the title, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Close so. Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you weren't sure. Of the Third Kind. What's uh, the second or first kind? Anybody? Oh, no. Do you, yeah, do you want to know? Yeah, go, go yes, for please. it. I, I think the first kind was uh, the, what was that? The siding? physical? Oh, no, siding. siding, I think, is first then kind. Then two was physical evidence, and yeah. three was an actual like con- encounter. Yeah, yeah, yes. like contact, yeah. Yeah, contact. I remember figuring that out after How the fact. How is a siding that's like a mile away a close encounter? Take it up with the UFOologist <laughs> who came up with this. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so one of the things that I really liked, you kind of pick up on it, but how they tied in uh, When You Wish Upon a Star throughout oh. the movie. Oh, yeah, with the cricket the and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so the, it comes in several times. Um, it's, it 
you kind of just start getting it with he makes a subtle reference to wanting to take the kids to see Pinocchio, and then there's the Jimmy oh. Cricket music box. Did mm-hmm. okay, That's so right. Paul watched the director's cut. You and yes. I watched the theatrical cut tonight? Yes. Okay. I just don't remember him saying he was going to take them to go see Pinocchio. So that's, What the that was, like, <laughs> that was like a major plot point in like the first 10 minutes. It was? There was a big upset that the kids wanted to go golfing. And what? he's like, ah, I'm going to take you to Pinocchio. It's good for you. What? I don't. I thought that, I remember them doing trains and playing and stuff. That's I afterwards. I mean, they did the trains and, and the fractions beforehand. That's so weird. I don't remember that. <laughs> okay, well, okay, but you so you liked how that how you wish upon yep. a star tied in with sort of the whole thing, right? And it's this very Spielbergy thing because I feel like he he kind of I don't know he does that a lot where yeah. he picks up on one little element and then they tie it in even to the score. Yeah, so there's like a reprise of it at the very end, which yeah. makes me think of ET. Mm-hmm. So. I like that little kind of sneaky element that he had with the music box and how it kind of just kept popping up. Yeah, and yeah. that's and that's cool. That was uh, that was when you wish upon a star. That's oh, I guess a little on the nose, but yeah. that it was sort of just subtle. I think yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's nose. A, Are you making a Pinocchio joke? I uh, wish I was that quick, man. No. Yes, I was. I'm okay, that good. That's more on my the nose. nose gets longer. <laughs> Paul, what's something you liked about this film? I like that Steven Spielberg is a Disney fan, unlike some <laughs> people that I won't name. But seriously, oh <laughs> I I really liked uh, the kids acting in this. Uh, the little boy Barry and even the the family of the kids, uh, I thought they they seemed very real. Mm-hmm. Except I will say, except for the eight year old who looks like he's a twelve year old. But he was uh, like crying at the dinner table. Oh, I thought that was yeah. very powerful, though. Oh no, his acting weird, but... is is great. But why is he crying? Because his dad he... is playing with mashed potatoes. Most exactly. Eight-year-olds would be like, dude, that's awesome. He's using it like Play-Doh. Oh. But I thought it was a weird scene too. I, I agree yeah. with you. I think it I, it was a powerful reaction, but it was a little yes. bit too much for the kid to be reacting that way to his dad just playing with the mashed potatoes. I guess. But he, he played it very real. Yeah. That's what I like yeah. is the kids acting in this. I thought they did a phenomenal job. I could have seen the mom crying, but the kids just being really confused. Yeah. I was so. going to say one thing with that. Uh, I, w- I was listening or listening and watching some mm-hmm. of the special features at the oh, end. Cool. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get as much information. But with the casting, where you're talking about the casting for Barry, mm-hmm. one of the interesting things that they said, um, he was a three-year-old. He was at the same preschool, I think, as the casting director's child. Oh, wow. And the, like they just met him, and then they're like, all right, this is the, this is the kid we're using. But apparently he was... I think either so good or just could not give multiple takes. So the, his nickname was like one, one take, take Charlie or, or, or what, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Steven Spielberg even made a shirt mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, yeah. You heard that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I ran IMDb. Yeah. What IMDb said was that he was so good. Yeah. But I suppose he gave it could really be. good reactions like the first time, but they yeah. couldn't get him to do it multiple times. So they almost all of his scenes are the first take. Yeah. And he, he was super genuine. Yeah. He was really good. Yeah. Uh, something else that I thought was really good were the alien ships. I thought were beautifully realized when they yes. were on their own, and uh, <laughs> it was yeah. I thought d- just the practicality of of making like a, a 
I, I mean, I'm sort of taking Peter Jackson's term, a bigature, because I imagine a lot of those ships were made really big. But they they looked they looked amazing. So I was. Oh, I was you don't think they were painted on and like animated? <clears throat> no. What? There's really? there's some really cool uh, behind the scenes if you get a chance to watch any of the special features mm-hmm. on how yeah. they did that because it was kind of. Uh, so were they not moths? Were they were they animated think, like Paul said? Uh, no, I think there's. Uh, I'm trying to remember what they called it, but it's it was a new thing that they developed where I think it's some models. I don't remember. I was I was like listening and doing other things. Sure, sure. But it, I don't think it was added on. Not all of it was added on after the fact. But oh, okay. they had some kind of new techniques oh. that they were doing so that they could combine the camera panning oh. with the models in a different way than some of like you know old fifties movies where they had to add a spaceship on after the fact. Sure, yeah. You would have to have like a stationary camera shot mm-hmm. to do it. So. That, I thought that was one of the differences they had. Okay, it, to me, it looked like they're using the same techniques that like Star Wars used, they're like the well, a static Wars image was and the then head they, of the time. The head of the when, time. Yeah, no, they were ahead of the time. Ahead, in, yes, in the I panning. know. It sounded like you said head of the time. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's in the past <laughs> or the future. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, let's go back to uh, Janae. What's something else you liked? Huh. Um, I really liked, I mean, it felt very uh, quintessentially Spielberg in just the building of the suspense. Mm. And he had a lot of kind of individual kind of like character scenarios. So not mm-hmm. not everyone was interacting at the same time, yeah. but without really giving away the plot or what was happening in a really obvious way, he <laughs> was able to kind of escalate each situation until it, it kind of all culminated at the end. That felt very Spielberg to yeah. me. Just the the way that he built suspense. I mean, he yeah. he wrote it and directed it, so I thought that was very well done on his part. I did read that it was originally, but ran by someone else. But mm. Spielberg did so many rewrites that oh, he got the, writing credit. Well, the original <laughs> oh. person didn't want to have his name on it anymore. Oh. For I'm not really sure why, but uh, so that's why Spielberg just put his own name on it. Okay, he wishes now. Who was he but again? I, oh. I agree. This movie does definitely have a slow burn, but it does build mm-hmm. ever so slightly up to the end. Yeah. <laughs> ever so slightly. <laughs> well, it's a long so backhanded okay. compliment. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul, what what did you like? What what wasn't necessarily a I, slow burn for this movie, but something you really liked quickly? I, I love the way things... Uh, Basically, a lot of the gadgets and electronics turned off and on automatically towards the first part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very good practical effect that worked really well. Yeah. And, you know, and, oh, go you, ahead. I was about to say just the timing and the, it was and go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's pretty much my next like too. Uh, I'll just expand on that. The special effects early on in this film are just so amazing at establishing an eeriness, which I felt like was yes. bordering on dread almost. If, if this wasn't a Spielberg movie, I would have expected it to be much more, oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think about like a, a more horrific side. Like, like War Poltergeist. Of the, Poltergeist. Yes, Poltergeist, that, perfect. Yeah. Or War of the Worlds even. <laughs> you, you which, no, okay, h- help me out, guys. I was thinking something like, like more, more par- paranormal instead of alien related. That's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. no, I was thinking okay. more sp- suspense. But okay. yes, on in league with paranormal. Yeah. Anyway, real quick, guys, as an aside, is Poltergeist directed by Spielberg or is he just executive producer? I had this question uh-huh. with someone else and they didn't know. Let me look it up. Okay, Paul will look it up <laughs> while I continue with this. Yeah, it was like eerie and 
I was, I was in I was in total awe of the scene where uh, Richard Dreyfus uh, Roy is in his truck and everything just is floating around. I'm like, how are they doing this? This looks like they went into space. This literally looks like they went into the space. How? And I don't imagine they built this truck set on one of those uh, uh, vomit comet planes. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I learned later apparently they put them on uh, like a 360 degree turntable and just oh. spin them around that way. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, I was just so impressed. By that effect, it just it just had this very otherworldly quality to it. Yeah, yeah, no, it was done well. So, oh, by the way, us uh, uh, Poltergeist was directed by Tobe Hooper, okay. but oh. written by Steven Spielberg oh. and a couple other people. Oh, okay, yeah, that is interesting. Okay, so good to have clarity on that. Finally, <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to let's clarify our classic makers for Close Encounters. Man, that's a lot of C's. <laughs> uh, let's start with uh, Paul this time. My classic maker was Richard Dreyfuss's acting in this. He played mm-hmm. okay. subtlety a lot of times, and just the the progression of going from like normal to crazy to normal to crazy, <laughs> and, like even more crazy, and just his reactions. I I thought. He did an excellent job with the role of this film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Apparently, he really, really fought for this role. Yeah. Which is funny because he comes off in interviews so arrogant, <laughs> <laughs> but he's so good. I agree. Yeah. He's really, really good. Uh, I, I guess Steven Spielberg just couldn't envision him in the role after he was in Jaws, mm-hmm. and so he was like, I guess they were kind of collaborating. In, in and around the, the filming of Jaws, working on the script, and and then Richard Dreyfuss was trying to get his name in the ring, yeah, yeah. and he's like, nope, nope, and then finally came down to it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Man, I think he's some... so arrogant. <laughs> yeah. So, I've heard that he's hard to work with because of that. <laughs> um, Richard Dreyfuss was not my classic maker. It sounds like he probably wasn't yours today. What was <laughs> no. your classic maker? Oh, man. We already talked about it, but oh. it's oh. okay. I will expand on it just very well, slightly. Well, you stole mine anyway. So oh, we... Okay. <laughs> We're tied. Because I wrote down the creative effects. Yeah, yeah. Even though some of them are kind of dated uh-huh. and like probably simply done. I mean, some of them yeah. are more complicated, but some of them are more... I, I thought that they were so creative in how they um, came up with what effects or what would be happening you know if there was an alien ship so mm-hmm. it wasn't just like oh you know like the lights just went out or like oh the phones are dead it was like the car gauges moving yeah the toys all turning on the oh, train man. signals going out so it was just a wide variety it's like anything that c- the mailbox is moving yeah. so it wasn't just electronics mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. like what can we use our I- environmentally around this character to just convey like extreme you know, ex- something extremely strange happening yeah, yeah. that you that I would never have thought of a lot of those ideas. Yeah, if me I was neither. In, yeah, man. Totally. And then like their faces getting sunburned. I mean, that's oh, just yeah. so creative. Yeah. I was totally gonna like have have my daughter uh, paint once on my face red for this, and I totally forgot. <laughs> oh man. Well, was... we could imagine Braveheart. So yes, <laughs> imagine but like, red Braveheart. I just have, I would never have thought of that, and yeah. it was a really interesting way to tie some of kind of I guess the victims of yeah. the of the sightings together. Totally. So that was my classic maker. Very good. That's a great one. Unlike Paul's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yours is fine, Paul. I just realized that me saying yours is a great one could. <laughs> Sound Never like. mind. Moving on. Moving on. 
my classic liquor is actually one that you stole from me, Danae. And Sorry. it's, that's fine. Uh, just all the the mysteries that are set up in the first two acts of this movie, like the planes in Mexico, the oh, yeah. the music in India with uh, oh, yeah. whatever the, I forget what the tone is. Yeah, yeah, something like, exactly. Um, Close enough. <laughs> for government work. Uh, 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 and then Roy's obsession with drawing and, or him sculpting Devil's Tower, all of it just does such a good job, I felt, of building and driving driving me to want to get the truth of what's going on and, and driving me toward that final act of, okay, what what's going to be the culmination of all this? I'm so invested and interested. And things are, like, so bad for Roy with his family leaving him. I want to I wanna hope... I really hope that this is worth it. Yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, the theatrical we... version. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's how, uh, that was my classic maker. And now before we get to our, uh, tra- our things we didn't like so much about Close Encounters, uh, first let's take a moment to answer that trivial question, which again was, uh, if you had one movie, if you had owned a movie theater with two screens and one of them was on the fritz and could only play one movie for in perpetuity, what movie would you choose to have uh, play forever? Let's start with Paul. Some Disney movie, I'm sure. I, against <laughs> my better judgment, I'm going to go with my favorite movie and oh, say that's uh, good. Princess Bride. No, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wanted to pick something long like Ben Hur. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That could be like the Hobbit movies and Lord oh. of the Rings extend all extended, oh. all count sure, as one sure. movie. And then, you know, that's like twelve or sixteen hours long. So when it replays every day, it's <laughs> not it's so like bad. it's new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Princess Red, that's that's fair. Yeah, I, I thought you were like, uh, I don't want to choose this because you were going to get sick of it or something. I was going to say, you don't have to watch it every day, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Danae, so Princess Bride for oh you or gosh, something yeah. else? No, I, I, I think it's just because it, it covers a wide variety of genres. That's fair. And that's I probably fair. have watched it the most and I still like it. So mm-hmm. that's a good indicator that I could keep rewatching it. Okay. Totally fair, guys. For me... Ah oh, man, I I'm torn. Like, because now you guys brought up points like trying to incorporate lots of lots of a uh, broad range of things that are appeal to others. For me, initially, I thought uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that would ne- necessarily appeal to everyone. Then the Matrix sort of came to mind, uh, but I think original like the first Matrix. Yeah, the first Matrix. Yeah. Um, you know what? I I'm gonna actually I'm gonna go with the Matrix. I really like. I really. Have fun with that movie. There's a lot to like about it. So, and the you could, first one. And, yeah, yeah. And I feel like you could choice. study it philosophically ad nauseum. So, so we'll go with the Matrix for me. So, two princess Actually, brides and Matrix. Nauseum, <laughs> not at nauseum. It is ad nauseum with an AD. Yes. yes. Did I say? Which ad? doesn't. I, 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 your D was a little hard, and you know, ad. podcasting. <laughs> picky, picky. Uh, Right. But it makes more sense to me for at nausea because you reach the point. I but agree. It's Latin. it's Latin, though. Yeah, it's the Latin. Well, I Latin. haven't. I, I I dislike Latin at <laughs> nauseum when it comes to things like that. In Hebrew, Jehovah starts with an I. 
All right. <laughs> Talking about another Spielberg movie. Okay. So those are some great answers, guys. Now let's get to our feedback. Here were some of your memories from Close Encounters. Uh, Wardell White says, I watched it with an uncle who had it on an old RCA laser disc back when that was a thing. I don't think I appreciated it being that I was eight, nine, or ten at the time, but I thought the alien moments were cool. I have to revisit it. And then, let's see. Next, uh, Jacqueline Ramsey says, Mashed Potatoes Mountain. (laughs) Ryan Jackson says, Richard Dreyfuss playing with his mashed potatoes. That's all I remember. (laughs) Um, well, that's the most important. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Marcus Lineker, uh, what was it, Paul? <laughs> oh, dude, don't do that to me. I totally forgot. Marcus, it's been too long. We need to hang out. You say that every time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Marcus, I'm pretty sure it's Lineker, said, I love this film. I watched it I watched as a kid when it came out. Then I studied it in film school. I still screen it at least once a year. I have a, the Blu-ray with three different cuts. It's a really fascinating film. Marty Noggle McCormick says, My first, quote-unquote, modern alien movie. Love it. Brian Keating uh, closed out our Facebook feedback by saying, I remember watching it when I was three, really, and being totally freaked out after. Years later, I watched it again and was totally enthralled. So many really cool things going on simultaneously. There is one cut of it... uh, on I watched on TCM once, then went past the normal end of the movie and let you see inside the spaceship as Roy enters it. Oh, Ooh. that's the special edition. That's the Paul told one. me not to watch that one. Yeah, don't watch that one. That's the bad one. Oh, okay, gosh. maybe we'll find out later. <laughs> uh, I can. So Brian continues. I can say it does have a creep out factor if watched on a still summer night, especially at a drive-in theater. <laughs> Also, having been to Devil's Tower several times, it's always hard to separate it from the movie. Yeah, I could see that. It'd be like going, every time I see the the those cliffs from Ireland, I always think, oh, Cliffs of Insanity. Because oh. I think yeah. one of, some of those shots are that. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I just thought of, because mm-hmm. a couple of people mentioned that they saw when they were younger. Mm-hmm. This yeah. doesn't feel like a kid movie to me. No. Unlike no. some of other, like Spielberg's other kind of like, like alien, Temple of Doom like Super 8 and oh, yeah. E.T. you know that yeah or you know Temple, yeah, right. <laughs> Temple of Doom <laughs> so kid friendly Super 8 was JJ but, but it had that influence it was like Spielberg I think, I think yeah, that's what I guess like, wasn't he like involved in it somehow yeah Spielberg though? created it yeah. and then gave it to JJ okay. to do that's, that's what I was thinking I was thinking of like how he really likes incorporating kind of like kid aspect mm-hmm. to it and mm-hmm. this was very different than that still friendly alien related yeah which it seems very Spielberg mm-hmm. but I don't know That's it doesn't seem accessible to kids yeah I, I don't know why Maybe just the Spielberg name. Well, no, with Jaws, before this, it doesn't seem like Spielberg's necessarily like, oh, he makes movies that are good for the family. That's yeah, very suspenseful. Yeah. <laughs> so. We've already established he was not the director. Uh, he wrote it. Okay. But, All right. uh, All right. Paul, do we have any feedback from Instagram? Absolutely. Jackie Sculpted from Clay. Hi, Jackie. Says, one, one of my favorite. I would watch it with my grandmother. Kiss Covaro says luces y sonitos, which is lights, lights and, sounds. and sounds. Oh, yes. thank you guys. I didn't know. <laughs> Dirty Steve Try 40 things. says loud, very loud. <laughs> Fun fact they had two working titles for the movie The Arrival and Dubstep the Movie. 
The soundtrack what? had Daft Punk, Moby, and Bruno Mars. <laughs> Just kidding, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> laughing, crying. Was Bruno Mars born? I don't think no. so. <laughs> if you could tie into any cinematic universe after going into to the alien ship, where would you go? The Predator universe, <laughs> aliens, Transformers, Stranger Things? I could go on. I chose the Star Wars and Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh. That's cheating to choose Star Wars and Marvel. <laughs> I mean, they're both owned by Disney now, but that's kind of... <laughs> uh, wow, that's a good question. For me, what, what universe would I go into? Or like what fandom, essentially? I guess another sci-fi yeah. fandom. Mm. Uh, Firefly universe, probably for me. Mm. How about for you, Danae? I don't know. Maybe like maybe either. like a specific Marvel one. I'd be like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure, that's a little bit more narrow than just all Marvel. The, there you go. Good job narrowing it down. Yeah. All right. Starving Detective says Roy Neary tossing a bush he dug up in <laughs> in his yard into his house to use as the base of a ceiling high replica of Devil's Tower made out of dirt. That was in crazy, the center man. of his living room. The to this day. I'm appalled the way he ruins his <laughs> living room. The shoveling like the dirt is the way. Ultimate yeah. way tracking dirt into your house. <laughs> Times a thousand. <laughs> Intentionally shoveling dirt through the window. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And Bayou Girl Loves Disney says the music. Really? Yay. Yeah. All right. What? Well, that I mean, that part is somewhat memorable, that, that little riff. But, but the rest of the score is very good, too. Okay. Sing it. It's sing it for me, Danae. Well, you want me to sing When You Wish Upon a Star? No, that's not the theme. <laughs> no, but it's part of the score. No. I'll bring it, I'll bring it up in the next oh, section. Yeah, okay. Let's bring it up in the next <laughs> section, guys. Let's, so thank you, everyone, who left us feedback for uh, Close Encounters. It's all, always awesome hearing what you guys remember of these movies we cover. So now let's talk about the things we don't like that we had to re-experience or remember. And let's start with uh, Danae. What's one thing you didn't like about Close Encounters? Do you want me to jump in with the music one? Sure, yeah. Okay, so this is not a diss on John Williams. I'm just prefacing that <laughs> because I still think the score was really good. Um, the thing if that only I, it was John Billiams. Oh, man. He's just <laughs> underrated. Oh, yes. <laughs> Did you guys ever go back and figure out what no, episode? I still oh, can't find no. that. Um, so the, the, what I didn't like was that it felt too similar to some of his other scores, like for E.T. Oh, and Jaws. Yeah, yeah, There were especially Jaws, but I think it's because it was right on the heels of it. And mm-hmm. it's so early in his career that I'm sure that, that was he was just kind of developing his style. But the symphonic, I don't know, it, it was a very good score in general, but there were definitely some parts to it where I'm like, oh, this reminds me of, like the the part of Jaws score where they're like out on the boat on the water yeah. and I'm like oh it sounds really similar so that part I didn't like as much even though the music was still good mm-hmm. so I I'm curious if this played any part of it something I read in the trivia was that uh, this was the first time that John Williams made the score first and then uh, Steven Spielberg like edited to match the score. Mm. Which I don't know how that would be done because but. typically John Williams will score to like yeah. footage. And he doesn't. He doesn't do. read the script usually ahead of time. Yeah. So, so I'm not sure. So I, I'm just curious if that may have played a part in hmm. in it. Like, oh, hey, John, here's the here's what I'm thinking of this movie. Make a score for it. I know that they they worked on the uh, like the 
dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. That part they did well in advance. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the rest of the score, I'm not sure about. Maybe that's what so the that trivia could be. Maybe it was Miss Trivia. Geez, IMDb. <laughs> Check your facts. Set your sources, man. Or woman, whoever wrote that. <laughs> uh, but okay. So yeah, I, I, I can. That wasn't really on my dislikes. But I can I can totally get behind that. How about you, Paul? Was was the music something you were like eh, about? No, I enjoyed the music. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> and you can probably guess what uh, my first dislike. Oh, is. <laughs> me, it's not going it? to be Richard Dreyfuss. No, I'm guessing it's white text on black background there to start you go. the movie. <laughs> white text uh, now the. Good thing Steven Spielberg changed it from Helvetica, you know, to that that, that cool-looking font. Spacey font. Spacey font, yes. Yeah, but I'll tell you what it does a good job of. (laughs) Being slow and boring (laughs) to let you know that this movie is indeed going to be slow slow and boring. (laughs) Wow. Pulling your punches there a bit, Paul. Come on. (laughs) Steven Spielberg, come on. Get with it on your... uh, You got with it on your fonts. Now let's work on a little background action. Look at Superman 3. We started that with the Retro Rewind podcast. That's a good benchmark. That's that's gold standard. Start your opening credits. I don't know if I agree with that, but okay, Paul. It's not (laughs) slow and boring. Or as slow and boring. I mean, with the whole spectrum of color and video we have out there, let's make it a little more, you know, happening. Put it during the the airplane sequence in the desert, you know? Yeah. Oh, no. I'd be totally fine with that. Does Jaws start with just, like, text over the ocean? Is that how it starts? I don't recall. Hmm. Well, yes, I know the music starts that way. Thank you, Paul. (laughs) Some, Some of the things I didn't like about this movie mirror things I did like. For instance, I was talking about how I really liked the special effects. I felt like the 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 way the spaceships were composited into the shots, and maybe this had to do with that new technique mm-hmm. you were talking about today. But I felt like when when they were close to people or or other like land objects, something about the scale seemed off, or the way things were lit didn't seem consistent. Mm-hmm. So it felt very much more pasted in as opposed to when the ships were in the sky or just on their own, mm-hmm. not not near a point of reference. So. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch that, that feature and give you. Oh, I'll come back to you later and give you more background on that. Do, 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 do. This just <laughs> in. Danae comes in to uh, do, do, give us do, an update. This just in. Francisco comparing late 70s uh, special effects <laughs> to today's. To today's. <laughs> I was thinking That's that, but I usually bring that up in the podcast <laughs> and I get shot down, so I didn't bring that up this time. <laughs> Oh, things have changed. Everyone brings everything up today. Feel free to. Uh, let's see. Let, but let's I go can back. Bring Superman three up. You can bring up. Everything. All right. Yeah, well, we can't hold special effects from the seventies to today's standards. That's true. And I was given how everything else was looking. I was. It's almost like. Okay, sometimes I do compare that, but in this case, in this case, I feel like. It set a high benchmark in how it it what the special effects were like early on, but where it started to lose me was when the the spaceships were going like across the street, like they were mm-hmm. just chasing each other. I'm like, yeah, this seems really weird, and it didn't look like they were 
They all look fine to it's me. It's almost like, and I know this is an odd way of putting it, almost looked like there's there no weight to these mm. ships. Maybe there wasn't. Well, and yeah, yeah, it's weightless. I, I know, it's alien technology, so okay, fine. Yeah. But it, still, there was no sense supposed of... supposed to be that way. <laughs> we're, we're just, we're helping so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know. How? Yeah, I know what you mean. I think it could have been way worse. Oh, oh, I think, totally. Yes. I think it was pretty good for mm-hmm. what it was. But yeah, there's definitely parts where it looked more realistic than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, after seeing some of how they put it together and what they were able to develop with the technology they had, that um, uh, I think it. I mean, it was pretty good for the for the technology and and what was available and what movies had been made. Yeah. I think because they were, I think it was like one of the art directors or producers from uh, Space Odyssey, maybe. Oh, maybe. Oh, 2001. Yeah, I can't remember. Mm. Something like that, but that they were trying to push the envelope beyond that and kind of develop new things for this movie. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's that's good effort. That's admirable, yeah. They can only go so far at a time. Yeah. And what I always tell people when discussing this movie is that you know at some point, Steven Spielberg being friends with George Lucas had said to him, look, can you just release your movie after mine? (laughs) (laughs) Did, Did Star Wars come out after this? Was this? No, it's, it, it came out year? before. Oh, but it was the yeah. same, same year. year. Oh, man. But back in May, May and December, so there was a little bit of time. Yeah, and this still did well. I mean, three hundred oh, yeah. over its initial whatever ninety budget. Uh, let's go back to Janae. What's something else you don't like? Okay, this is kind of a, a random one. Ooh, I liked. <laughs> I like it already. But I was thinking about this while I was watching. Do you guys know how a lot of movies in like seventies and eighties when they were involved like big kind of like worldwide disasters or alien things, it always <laughs> ends up being the the United States government that handles it. <laughs> always. Even today. Have and, you noticed whenever yes. there's a problem? It keeps the, the peace, don't there's you? There's just know? like so many movies. And so I was like, why why are they not involving any other world power it just hey, seems like very in, in the 90s godzilla is those french guys that right. save the world no. so well <laughs> there was the one french and... guy in this movie yeah. yeah well to be fair today i think if you look at other movies from the 70s and 80s that uh-huh. were made in let's say china or you know any other country china that saves they would the world? they would be Probably. centric on their government. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think it just started annoying me. I, as I was thinking about it, I'm like, man, this is very isolation. Like, oh, man, we have contact and we're going to con- con- you know, you talk know, with the aliens and we're not going to involve I, I totally get. And I, I will say this, <laughs> then, Francisco, you can do. In the 80s, if we knew aliens were going to come visit, at least the mindset of the government is like, great, we'll visit them and we're not going to tell any other country. Probably. Yeah. 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 yeah, Good point. Very cold worry. Exactly. All right. What I was going to say was I will, I'll just push back on you a little bit and say, we didn't tell the aliens to come to Wyoming. They could have gone to some other country. Apparently they went to India. Why not just go over there? I, uh, it's not our fault that they came to us. Then one that you compared to other movies, like you guys have seen arrival. Yeah. With Charlie Sheen? Mm. No. no. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> I couldn't I, tell if you were making no, a joke. That he did a movie, an alien movie called The Arrival. Oh, so I'm so sorry. Just I, Arrival. I have not seen Arrival. So <laughs> okay. right. try not to, to spoil. <laughs> I, th- I, 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 I don't think. Uh, all right, go ahead. No, I was just thinking the way that he did that mm-hmm. is that there is alien contact 
but it's with several. So there are several different countries that have alien oh, nice. contact. Oh, okay. And then it's so they kind of show isolation versus mm-hmm. collaboration. Oh, nice. So a lot of these movies where it's just like, oh, the U.S. arrogantly saves the day. I don't know. That just bothered me. That's fair. That's random. I get that. Uh, at what point did the U.S. save the I day? I don't know. But y- you okay. know what? Yeah, I- they seem to like be targeting their own citizens with fake uh, We're nerve take gas. all the credit. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It's fake, though. Don't worry. It's all fake. We just yeah. we just put those guys to sleep. For Wake up hours. with a headache. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to go to Paul. Uh, what's something else yeah. you didn't like? Okay. You know those specialists in red suits? They, off, they <laughs> reminded me of elves with attitude. <laughs> yes. You know, from the Santa Claus movie. Yes, it's I like they're arrogant, shiny red suits with sunglasses on inside a hanger. Come on. Knock it off. Oh, I thought you were anyway. talking about the suits at the end when they go into know, the they, ship. They come, they're uniforms. They, yes. They, that's okay. later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 They, they show that they're in the middle and then they show up at the end. Um, yeah. What, what was... I saw. See, that's something I didn't really understand. They were like prepped to send people away? Yes. Because someone in the government knew what was happening the whole time. <gasps> is that in the okay? So is that in the director's cut where it's explained, Paul? No. What I wanted to know. So is how, where our, does that come from? Or all that? There's a lot of working things going on in the government that you have no idea about. What I could not figure out is all of those people. Were those the people that found their way to the mountain, or were no. they different? I could not recognize different. faces. Okay. They were different. They were set aside, and that's the, why the, they the weren't people in the red shoot the red. The people that were in the helicopter uh-huh. were flown away. Oh, okay, so away they, from the mountain. Yeah, Separate. exactly. Okay. Yeah, which I don't. I okay. So the, this ahead. isn't quite. That wasn't even my dislike. Oh, that no. was just a throw bonus one in there. So we'll get to my dislike after. Well, here's my show. bonus, I guess. But okay, so there's no real. Well. Uh, <laughs> Well, let's hear it. <laughs> There's no real explanation for why, uh, why, why the aliens want these people to come there, right. or do yes. they want right. them to come there? And so yeah, they do, okay. so they can. And, and how do they know? How does how does the government know that they want to, to take more people? Yeah, they, See, there's they, people that because they they're in. It's always going back <laughs> because to like the higher ups just know. No, you know it's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like oh, there's always somebody who has an upper hand, and when you think you're the top go- dog, there's always somebody else who's the topper dog. You but know like what I mean? they they just had a team ready to go, yeah. and yeah. they somehow anticipated that all of the yep. abducted people were going to come back. They had all the pictures up that they were like checking people yep. off. I'm like, there's yep. no way that they would have known that. They, there yes, no there were they... because they're <laughs> they've been in communication with the aliens more than. Okay. Okay. So, what was your actual exactly. one? Exactly. Um, yeah, those are all just hints at other things going on. But my actual one is like, okay, the kid. I said I like the kids acting. They acted like kids. The problem with that I had is that the parents did not act like parents terry gar and richard dreyfus uh-huh. just gonna let kids <laughs> scream and destroy toys everywhere that they spent their hard-earned money on like banging away in a playpen or just out of control they were not it seemed like uh, 
and you're giving me these these weird stares. So maybe these scenes were not. Oh, this is the part you fell asleep. Sorry, Francisco. <laughs> this is no seriously in the part where they're talking about uh, Pinocchio and things like that. So the kids are acting like kids, but it seems like Terry Gar and Richard Dreyfus are more concentrated on delivering their lines in a in a compelling way rather than yep. uh, being a parent and dealing with their kids. Yeah. I, I yeah. agree. Well, though, I wonder if parenting was just different back in the 70s. Well, and I've, I've heard some people say thank you for showing how, you know, family life really is. But that certainly wasn't the way in my family. Like, <laughs> destroying everyone's toys. The parents just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they just seem kind of disengaged. When you said right. they're more focused on delivering their lines, it did seem more like they were kind of independently acting and then right. the kids were just there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It didn't feel like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Did yeah. yeah. Well, that's not really one of my other dislikes. <clears throat> my, well, it's, uh, it's kind of tied with it, but I'll hit this one first. For me, seeing all the alien ships and communicating that they're all communicating with music and colors doesn't seem to mean much for the story. It seems kind of... It's just cool. Superfl- superfluous? Yeah, superfluous. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> I mean, unless if you guys know that it's some metaphor or an al- yeah, or allegory for something else. It's a universal language, man. <laughs> That's it. Really? It's a way to communicate like, okay, do you understand basic numbers and fractions and music and things like that? Okay, so you should see Arrival. (laughs) With Charlie Sheen? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or no. Well, well, okay, but why... So this intergalactic spaceship comes equipped with this huge speaker system on the front. That makes no sense to me. (laughs) Is it on the front? I can't remember. Well, I don't know. I mean, I imagine it's at the front because that's where we're... got some capability. In space, no one can hear you play music. (laughs) Exactly. So what's the point of (laughs) For when they go on other planets. For when yeah. they, okay, but how do... So they, they put this tone in other people's minds so that they yes. can sing back to them? Nah, nah, nah. Yes. That's what it is. That's yes. what you're saying. Yes. What's wrong with that? That's cool. That's interaction. That's communication. Okay. This is beyond That's like, us. This is like, oh, we're going to, this is first contact in some people's minds. Obviously not the conspirators who are in charge of the government, but, you know, it's like they're trying to, that's why they were all so happy and clapping at mm. then. Yay, we had communication. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my dislikes that I wasn't going to mention either. <laughs> when they preemptively were all congratulating themselves, I was like, good what, job. What did good you job. do? You did nothing. Good job. You just you just <laughs> communicated with the aliens like the, and the, got a response. It wasn't like a parrot repeating. This is like actual, like intelligent response. Yeah, they're like, "Yay, cool, we're done." It was like the one ship. I'm like, uh, "You guys, there's, <laughs> there's still other well, aliens." didn't ships. know. <laughs> well, let's you know what All right. we did. Excuse me. They they didn't know, and we and people listening don't know our tragic makers yet. So let's get to those guys. Okay. And let's start. Well, no, this, this episode has to be long and boring slow. to match the the movie. Yeah, it's, but it's building. It's building. 
Is that your tragic maker, Paul? That was slow no, and boring. Okay. So what is your tragic maker then? I find it sad, disappointing that Richard Dreyfus <laughs> leaves his family and hooks up with the mom from a uh, Christmas story. Uh, so what, what did I steal yours? Maybe. Oh no. Basically I, I would have been fine if he was like, Hey, I really got to do this. This is important. This Come means something. Join, yeah. Come join me on this. And there, but before he could even do that, they were like, see ya. You know, so yeah. I, on full, both though. sides, it was, it was frustrating. Yeah. I was going to mm-hmm. say, cause they totally abandoned him yeah. at the same time. So, so yeah, the abandonment is mutual, I guess. And I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, okay. So that gets right into my, my tragic maker, just that he never resolves with his family. He's right. just, he just, uh, totally abandons leaves. his kids. Yeah. No, he just totally throws that aside. Okay, well, I don't have family. Oh, well, I'll hook up with this other girl who believes in UFOs. Yay, we'll right. kiss. Oh, oh, well, I got, oh, I'm, I'm called to go off to space. So sorry, I can't yeah. be around you either anymore. It's just yeah. like, what? The, this guy just, he starts off very likable. I feel like he seems like a really good dad, the way his, his kids are interacting with him. Apparently, I missed the first 10 minutes where it's not like that or something, where he's denying them. What was it? He's, they want to go. Golf, 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 and he says no. Watch Pinocchio. So whatever, I missed that. But they seem like they have a good uh, relationship, and even him and his wife, they they have that little sweet moment where <clears throat> he she says, "Oh, do you remember when we used to come here on our own?" I'm like, "Oh, that's really nice." But then he like looks around. So I guess that's yeah. a foreshadowing. Yeah. Anyway, I just yeah, it just seemed like he got less and less likable um, as the and him and also. The well, I don't know. Yeah, it just seemed like the aliens were there to destroy relationships. That's what it seemed like it was. Like like Dreyfus's relationship, the kid, well, the little yeah. kid driving him away from his mom. I mean, yeah. Well, what about all those other pilots and other, all the other people? Yeah, they abducted? exactly, yeah. exactly. No one never said they were nice aliens. Okay. We don't know their intention. We don't, which is why we shouldn't be. We should be. Uh, Having a nuke ready right there at Devil's Tower. Maybe that's what's in the Devil's Tower. A nuke just ready to come out. Secret silo. <laughs> exactly. Remember me, boys. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, Independence Day aside, that leaves Danae. What's your tragic oh, maker? Oh, man. We're like all on a roll with our tragic makers oh, because okay. mine was that I really didn't like his wife. Oh, so interesting. I mean, he he had his own issues, obviously, yeah. but I did not like she was she was so disbelieving and yeah. critical of mm-hmm. him, just not even giving him the benefit of the doubt, just wanting to hide it from the kids, treat him like he was crazy, yeah. not even ask him to try to like expand on it or try to help him mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Once he was I mean, he was trying to keep it together and obviously struggling. And her response was just to be like we're leaving yeah. and I can't, I can't deal with this. It's not like he was being destructive like he, other than their living room. Yeah. He wasn't like abusing them or anything. No, it yeah. just seemed like a very judgmental personality. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't like her response in mm-hmm. that situation. It wasn't understanding or trying to understand. Yeah. So these, these characters are really like knocking it out of the park for us guys. Yeah. <laughs> not likable characters. Uh-oh. <laughs> She, she was well acted. Oh yeah, but yeah. Not a good job. Character. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, the uh, writing sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Gee, Spielberg, work on your writing. Yeah. <laughs> or your Build rewrites. Up some tension on your like long, boring movie. <laughs> there was plenty of tension, Paul. Oh, see, I agree. There was. Except at the end when it all just, you know, fizzled well, out see, because nothing like meant it. anything. There was no purpose. And that, that was. No, the it was all very philosophical. Was, was, the whole purpose was it the was? aliens sending these ESP messages to these people to come to the tower and take them away. But why? So they can study them. They could learn. But yeah. okay, so why Devil's Tower? Why, why those people? Why? Because just... that's where the no, seriously, that's where the government, the conspirators, they already had all that equipment up there ready. You know what I mean? There is there that wasn't no, set up in a day. No, the, it must have been because they, they only found the lat and long after they yeah. deciphered the music. So it was set up pretty quickly. Yeah. Like they yeah. got the Piggly Wiggly truck and the Coca Cola truck. <laughs> okay, fine. He wants to believe. <laughs> yeah. So there you go, Paul. They did set the up. The purpose in a day. is the abduction of Richard Dreyfus. That's the whole purpose of this <laughs> build. Oh, well, I don't. That seems like a lame premise, but okay. But it's a good buildup, don't you? Yeah. It's a good buildup, but then it, the all the things I was looking forward to to find out, like oh, this obsession he had, it yeah. was it was worthwhile it was placed, or something. It was there, placed or, there by the aliens. Yeah, well, and I, that's just exactly why I don't like these aliens because they're destroying families. I think that family was destroyed already. Yeah. The part that you fell asleep with. <laughs> They're not high functioning. Apparently. Okay, can you guys answer a question for me that I yeah. can't remember from the yes. end? So Purple. That would be a funny 42? answer. 42? Yeah. No? Um, so, Richard Dreyfus, uh, at what point does he decide that he's going on the ship? Because all, mm. the, all I remember, and I could have just been distracted, was the government guy all of a sudden asking him, like, do you have any history of liver yeah. disease? Oh, yeah. have you, are you up to date on your smallpox? Yeah. yeah. And was there any lead up to that? How did, how did that decision come it, about it, for him to go on the crew? I from don't remember. Him, from Richard Dreyfuss's perspective, uh-huh. yeah. it was always a draw. Right. But he was just standing there. Draw. Right? He no, was in he the was crowd. In lo- yeah, he was in line with the. He had the red suit on. No, this oh, no, is before, before that. that. Like he's just standing he's in the one crowd. of the onlookers, yeah, yeah. looking, and all of a sudden this right. guy's like, "Oh, what's your what's your blood type?" And uh, right, because like, this is oh, the same why? guy that asked him the question, like, "What drew you here?" He knew that he was one of the people. Oh, that was, was that that be- guy? Yeah, that oh. was one of the guy that was asking him questions, like, "Hey, what are you doing here? Why are you coming to this mountain?" But, but at no point, nobody asked, like, "Do you want to be on the crew to go on the ship?" Yeah. All of a sudden, no. he was just in that classroom, no, and they that. were all leaving, and I was like, "What?" Yes. Or yes, or more so. He, he, oh, we found you. Let's get you out of here because we didn't want you to be here to begin with. No, but he he was one of the people that was fighting for him to go up there. What? It oh, was that the higher was? ups. Yeah. It was the higher-ups that said, no, we need to get him out of here. I thought that was get him out of here, like, off of the site, not off of the earth. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Get him out of here. Right. That way. Yeah, I I just am missing some connection. The the French guy was trying to figure out what was drawing Richard Dreyfus to the mountain. Yeah. And all the other people. 
And right. Well, the military was like, it doesn't matter. They're crazy. Get them off of the property. Right. Right. But it wasn't so, the French guy that approached the them, French right? guy was like, no, there is a purpose. The yeah. aliens are drawing him here. So when the French guy recognized him in the crowd in front of the spaceship, he walked up to him and said, hey, you know, the if basically with the attitudes, the aliens brought you here for a reason. Mm hmm. So let's put you in with the group. Did that... he say that though? No, that's what I'm missing. That. It doesn't need to be said. Oh, it just—I felt like it just jumped. It just was like he was in the crowd, and then all of a sudden it was like, "Oh, here's all these medical questions. Here's this classroom full of people who are not the other artists and people who right. were drawn to the mountain." That's why I asked that question earlier right. because it was totally different people, right? Not Those other people who people were drawn. Prepped by the government. Yeah. Right. So, so the aliens, when they wanted links. to have new that's people, true. that's why they chose Richard Dreyfus and not the ones prepped by the government. That's the whole point of the movie. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> I get what the point was, but there there are some definite plot. Link's you're, missing. You're saying the point of the movie is to show that the government was ready for alien <laughs> encounters. Yes. And th- for Richard Dreyfus to go. Small part of the, the government that was written that had already dealt with alien encounters because they were ready for those pilots. I think you're just signing my uh, my rating for me, Paul. Oh. Thank you. Okay, so let's get to those final ratings. Alice, uh, please, uh, now that we've entered all Sorry, our target information into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. Okay, crew, do we rate Close Encounters of the Third Kind a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and see this movie, whether or not you've seen it before. A nostalgic, we'd recommend it's worth a rewatch if you enjoyed it previously. Or a tragic, it's not worth your time if you've never seen it. And if you have seen it, just leave any good memories you have of it intact. Don't <laughs> sully them with a rewatch. Let's start with our guests, as we like to. Danae, Chief Engineer Berg, how do you rate Close Encounters of Third Kind? I'm going to give it a nostalgic. Nostalgic. Very good, I guess, maybe. Why? A nostalgic. Okay, would you like to expound on, um, on all of that? I s- I, I think it kind of fits in pretty well with the category. I, it's hard for me to not rate classic movies as classics in general because mm, mm-hmm. I feel like it, it stands on its own. However, I think if you haven't seen it, it'll be kind of like how we've talked about. It's kind of slow. Yeah. It it stands on its own, but at the same time, it doesn't really hold up to movies from today. Mm-hmm. So if, I guess if you're like a big into watching classic films or you really are like a diehard Spielberg fan, by mm-hmm. all means, watch it if you haven't seen it. But I wouldn't recommend just anybody seeing it for entertainment factor. Totally fair. How about you, Paul? I'm going to also surprisingly rate this nostalgic, um, even though it is long and, and slow, slow and boring. And boring. <laughs> it does have a build and I think the, the it, it's interesting. I think there are are definitely uh, good reasons why people enjoy this film, and I think we hit on a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And I and if you enjoyed it before, I think you'll watch, you'll enjoy it again. But there are definitely those people who will not enjoy this movie, and so um, yeah, I'll go with Danae on on the reasons on that. So 
Mm-hmm. Nostalgic. Yeah. For me, I feel like, oh, man. So if <laughs> so, this is my first time watching it, and I was definitely engaged. I didn't fall asleep. Uh-huh. That we that we know of. <laughs> I swear, I, I have no recollection. <laughs> I, I could swear you guys are talking about a different cut because uh, this makes – well, I, I would I would believe that too, except Danae saw yeah. the same one you <laughs> but did. But mine was on DVD and not the online one. Yeah, so. that was the difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's the voodoo cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sure. I I'm torn, guys. Like I said, this is my first time watching this movie. I think if I had seen it before and had to rewatch it, knowing what I know of it, I went I wouldn't have wanted to rewatch it. So. I, yeah, I mean, it's almost, it's like, I feel like it's a catch, it's a, not a catch one, a bait and switch. It, you think you're getting this, this movie that's building to this really tremendous resolve and it falls flat mm. at the end. I feel like yeah. the last act is just like them climbing the mountain, which is good, and then they're just sort of like watching aliens dance around in the sky. It's like the end of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, it's like, like that. It's good yes, build up uh-huh. falls flat at the end. Yes, yes. Spielberg, stay out of space, man. She you leave aliens. that to leave that to George. <laughs> George can do that. Um, but yeah, so I'm. It's close, but for me, I think I'm gonna have to say tragic. Oh for no, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. See, I don't just hate Disney Ball. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it sounds like it's a it's a hesitant tragic. Yeah, oh totally. It's 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 very close to nostalgic, but I sort of thinking through how I would have seen this movie had I seen it before as a kid or in young adult, I think I would have ended yeah. up bringing this a tragic as a rewatch. Yeah. So All right. But with that, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate what movie is this? Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a disputed nostalgic movie. If you enjoyed it as a kid or previously, you'd probably enjoy re-watching it again. Uh, but if you've never seen it before, go watch uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, maybe. Or Jaws. We, we all said classic yeah. to Jaws, so go see Jaws. All right. Uh, you know what? I was just looking online for some differences between theatrical and directors, and some of the scenes where I was talking about the the kids, um, go on, and <laughs> no, about the parents not are the parents not really acting with the kids. Some of that is in the director's yeah. cut, not the theatrical. I mean, it's, some of it is in theatrical, but mm-hmm. there's more of that in the director's cut. So. I definitely remember them talking about Pinocchio in the one that I watched, though. Okay. No, no, Pinocchio is definitely okay. in. Okay. Both. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. you know what? What? I, I would seriously recommend, especially you, to Francisco, uh-huh. to rewatch this movie in about ten years, but to watch <laughs> the director's cut. Okay. Put it on your calendar. Do you think that it resolves a lot more at the end? I think there there is a better build and resolution okay. from what I've read online. Mm-hmm. Huh. But some people feel the opposite. Oh, they okay. feel that the uh, that the theatrical is better, but everyone agrees that the special edition is the worst. What's okay, so I was gonna ask you what's different with special edition? Or do you wanna Spe- wait and have this after do you wanna talk about um, this later? The only thing that I know about the special edition is that uh, it shows what's inside the ship after he goes oh, in. Oh, okay. And okay. it kinda like there's no need like your imagination is better than what it's they show. It's better to just that end it sense. really yeah. vaguely. Yeah. 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 Cool. 
All right, well, Alice, uh, get us back to our own time. A good old 20XX. 20XX. Concepts online. Receiving incoming transmission. Mega Man, here we come. Before we get to announcements, we do have a new iTunes review. Yes, you can review us on iTunes. It's it's good sort of social proof that people enjoy the podcast. So if you have some time, I know it's a headache to review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, but it's it's nice. And we almost always read that uh, feedback on the show. So uh, Studley McMuffin said, wow. fun, five stars. Uh, fun podcast. Love the Grims- Gremlins episode. Which kind of makes oh, cool. me think this may have been the person who was on the Gremlins episode, <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know. But thank you so much, Studley McMuffin, for that review. Always awesome to get a five-star review on the iTunes. Uh, now on to our announcements. Vote on the movies we cover at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash vote. Buy our t-shirts at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash store. Get bonus content and more by supporting us on Patreon at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support. And contact us at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash contact. How else can people reach us, Paul, and you specifically? You can talk to us on social media. We promise we'll take breaths in between (laughs) each statement. Uh, We are on Twitter, on uh, Facebook, if it's still around. Sorry, that's a joke relating to today. Oh. And probably not tomorrow when you're listening to this. Uh. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and you can find us uh, and also watch us record these very podcasts live as we live stream uh, video games and pixel art illustrations on twitch.tv slash RetroRewindPod. You can follow us there. But if you want to find me, Paul J. Powers, you can go to pauljpowers.com or just listen to the next episode when we cover the movie The Three Musketeers Ooh. from 1993. That's and, Chris O'Donnell version. Yes, and Tim Curry. And Charlie Sheen, Charlie right? Sheen, yeah. Or is that... <laughs> or is it Amy sure? Adams? <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. Oh my gosh, guys. Uh, and, but uh, speaking of Twitch real quick, I want to thank our Twitch circuits. Those are the people who subscribe to our Twitch channel using their Amazon Prime membership. Uh, Chris Nitz, Doc Holiday 364 Eric the Viking for Herky, uh, Rotius1886, Mad Cowan, and Paul J. Powers. Thank you all for being awesome Twitch circuits and helping support the show in that way. And you're welcome. You're... <laughs> Thank you, Paul, so much for being a close encounter of the friendly kind. And so far. Yeah, so far. That's true. Give it, give it time. And uh, really appreciate getting to do this, this show with you. Likewise. This is great. It is great. <laughs> if I do say my, so myself. <laughs> also, uh, very grateful to have Danae back on the show. Really looking forward to you hitting that officer rank next yeah. time. Uh, and... Uh, you should have Travis on with you next time. Yes, please do. Oh, my gosh. That'd be so great. Do a whole, uh, like, a ceremony. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Where you present me my new pin. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's but, not for you, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Too far behind. You'll never catch up. Oh, my goodness. But thank you so much, Danny, for being here. It was a blast. And uh, where can people find you online? Uh, either Facebook for Danae Berg, or I'm also on Instagram. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, most of all, though, I appreciate you. Yes, you listening to us right now. Yeah, I, I know who you are, Bill. <gasps> Maybe. If there is a Bill, I have no idea. 
<laughs> if your name is Bill, please let us know. Say, hey, how did you know I was listening? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> um, we really appreciate you listening, whether you're a first-time listener or you're a part of our Rad Rewinder community. Thank you for spending time uh, with us, and we pray, we really pray that you're more joyful now than when you first hit play. I have been and continue to be Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter at, and Instagram at FXRUIZX, and you can hire me to do pixel art illustrations for you via Fiverr at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Fiverr. Finally, we are proud to be a part of the Retro Junkies Network at TheRetroJunkies.com and the Christian Geek Central Network at, at ChristianGeekCentral.com. You can catch us on at either of those, but like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all on the next episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Retro Rewind mission complete. Proceed to nap point Omega and return to base. I guess you've noticed something a little strange with the podcast. It's okay, though. We're still the Retro Rewind podcast. (laughs) What? What? Doesn't what? quite have the same ring to it, does it? <laughs> what?